Welcome to the second season of For the Record, the podcast dedicated to discussing the effectiveness of B2B marketing and communications program. Our goal is to give you key insights into the marketing building blocks that drive results. I want to welcome Platform's very own Managing Director, David Splivolo, who will chat with me about how to determine the effectiveness of your public relations strategies, as well as how to create an effective measurement framework to help measure message pickup and specific items to track to determine if your PR will actually net out into a marketing qualified lead and ultimately sales. Welcome, David, to the show. Thanks. I appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I've been immersed in the high-tech PR industry since the dot-com boom. You know, I got my start in Silicon Valley and been working with a combination of both public and private uh, companies, focusing on B2B, B2C, and business to government. And pretty much since I started, I've been measuring uh, you know, PR campaigns uh, in different components, whether it's media relations, analyst relations, you know, content, etc. Great. So... Measuring the effectiveness of PR has been a huge thing throughout your career, but when people think about public relations, sometimes they only think that communications professionals generate press releases, get interviews, and place byline articles. What are communications professionals actually working with? What are their jobs, David? It's a great question. So I think before we talk about the effectiveness in general, I feel it's important we have a discussion about why companies engage PR firms in the first place, um, firms like Platform that manage their communication programs, both on the marketing and on the public relations front. As you know, there certainly has been a number of companies that have you know, come to me you know, over the years, both past and present, uh, you know, that I've worked for to gain you know, market traction. You know, in one market in you know, particular, it's the security space where they're trying to gain both mind share and market share and also you know, achieve funding. And then certainly other brands that I worked for in the B2B and B2C space, you know, they've come to me to assist on the sales front. So regardless of the reasons why these companies need PR for the purposes of this conversation, you know, determining a metric in which to measure the effectiveness of the PR program is based on, you know, essentially what the company's goals are. So David, you're saying that companies hire PR agencies for a variety of reasons, from getting brand recognition to gaining market share to helping companies close on marketing qualified leads or even get funding. So are metrics unique to the companies that you work with based off of their goals for communications? Or is there one specific metric that companies should look out to measure whether or not their PR engagement is effective? Yeah. So to briefly or quickly answer your question, the answer is yes. Uh, the metrics are, you know, or the, the measuring of those metrics are unique or should be unique for each company. And the reason being is that every, you know, company or brand has usually different components that make up an overall PR program or, or marketing communications program. Um, and so you need to be able to have a tailored sort of measuring framework that is able to assess whether the program is, you know, operating effectively and efficiently. And, and then, yeah, the, the, the commonality, you know, with, you know, each company or in our case client that we work with is the time and, and budget that um, they've earmarked for the program, because that's going to, of course, determine what the 
what the KPIs are, and then of course um, the uh, the work that we're actually performing for that that said client or brand. Could could you give me an example of of that? Sure. So we have a you know presently a legal client and a financial services client. So each each client is different, and they have completely different. Uh, goals and components to make up their overall program. And so measuring the uh, performance of those two programs is is unique per those individual clients. And so what we have to do is, you know, not only understand what the client's objectives are, and we'll get into this a little bit later about understanding what the goals are from a marketing standpoint and what the goals are from a from a executive leadership team standpoint um because that's going to help us you know assess what the metrics should be in terms of what what we're aiming for and so with these two clients you know they are very different in terms of the the the, the framework that, that we're using to measure each pr program Got it. Got it. And so I uh, won't go into detail, but so in that particular case, in terms of how to measure effectiveness, one is kind of geared towards gaining um, market share um, and mind share on, on key initiatives. And then the other client wants to actually gain more um, investors as well as greater mind share into uh, the financial services world. Yeah, it's an excellent point that you raised because there are different life cycles. One is a very mature company operating in a very crowded market space, and the other is a pioneer, they're a trendsetter in a in a new market space. And so from that standpoint, you know, their their PR programs and their initiatives are completely different from one another. And so as a result, you know, what we're what we're measuring um, is completely different too. And so we have to develop you know, very tailored, for lack of a better word, rubric that can measure the effectiveness and the efficiency uh, of uh, both clients' programs. Got it. Got it. So when you say that a PR firm is actually doing their jobs, it's one thing, which we kind of went over. But when a PR firm isn't actually doing their job, how do you actually measure that? How do you really know that a PR program is ineffective? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think in a lot of cases, what happens is, you know, uh, agencies, for example, will evaluate the performance of their program at the end of the year. So they'll use annual metrics. And the problem with that is that you don't know that you are, you know, um, stuck in mud, um, if you will, until it's essentially too late that you're not hitting KPIs, you're not meeting, you know, the particular metrics that were established in the annual PR plan at the beginning of the year. And so there's no way to course correct. And as a result, you, you there, there's no way to improve the performance of the program until it's too late. And what happens from that can be, uh, you know, uh, there could be several things. One could be, you know, the, the, the client's unhappy with the performance of the program. And as a result, in their budget discussions for the following year, they're reducing the budget for the program or, you know, the nuclear option is that they just feel um, unsatisfied with the performance of the program, particularly because you haven't been keeping track of it and, and you're sharing the performance, you know, at a, 
date that you can't course correct. And so they end up um, choosing another agency. So there's real value in measuring the performance of a program to ensure a course correction if one needs to happen by doing it on a quarterly basis. And, and that can be achieved you know, a, a couple different ways. One is um, you know, what we call an SOV or share of voice, where we're measuring um, the amount of uh, media coverage that the particular client is achieving in relation to their uh, competitors. And then another form of measurement is what I referred to earlier as sort of a rubric, which is a, uh, a measuring tool that looks at both the qualitative and the uh, quantitative uh, aspects of the uh, PR program uh, that really just takes a real deep analytical dive into the performance of the program that goes above and beyond the share of voice to, to provide additional insight into any type of you know, course correction needs to happen or just, you know, continuing as is because the program is doing, you know, well. It, it kind of brings in the need to really understand if the PR program is working on either a monthly basis or quarterly basis. So I'm kind of curious, you know, especially if a PR program is not working well, can uh, the course be corrected to actually perform and, and can the team actually perform? Yeah. And so this is where, you know, just getting into sort of the human relations element of, of managing a program where, you know, if, if the client or the um, account lead isn't, you know, communicating how the program is performing during, you know, weekly or, or you know, bi-monthly calls, um, then the account leads, the account lead needs to make sure that they're having one-on-one -on -one calls with the, um, the client contact to just, you know, get their feelings about how the program is operating because sometimes the client just doesn't share those, that sentiment or that, those feelings on, you know, in a group setting or on a, an account team call. That way you can get some additional clarity or insight in terms of how the client feels that the program is performing. Because it's not, you know, it's not always the case that what is enclosed or what is um, achieved from a metric standpoint always always translates to success. So making sure that you're getting, you know, equal client buy-in to understand, you know, the director of marketing or the VP of marketing sentiment on on how the program is, you know, performing. So that way, if there is a course correction that needs to happen, you're communicating in real time what those are, and then using the the share of voice and the the rubric that I mentioned earlier as sort of a compass to help understand how to pivot and 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 make that course correction. Got it. So you've mentioned rubric several times. Tell me a little bit about from the outset, especially with working with the new PR team. Is there a, a metric framework or a rubric that you've created that can be a, a effective across different companies, uh, regardless of whether or not they're in the financial services industry or the legal industry? Uh, there is. And so taking a more detailed look at what a rubric is, it measures both the qualitative and the quantitative uh, aspects and, and, and metrics of, uh, let's say, a media relations program. And so... What I mean by that is, 
um, there's literally a chart and it has different criteria that measure, let's say, each article that is secured by, um, by a PR firm. And in our case, um, what, what we're utilizing currently with one of our, uh, with one of our clients. And in, in each of those criteria, there's um, a different aspect that we're trying to objectively measure. It could be, um, you know, quotes in a story, you know, whether the story is on message, uh, to whether it is a trade publication versus, you know, a non-trade publication, et cetera, et cetera. So there are multiple categories or criteria that are included in the rubric. And then um, in relation to those criteria, there's a scoring system. And it's literally sort of a um, sort of an A, B, C type criteria that is giving a score on each criteria, which then, you know, when combined comes up with a cumulative um, score, uh, which, you know, informs the client how the program is, is ultimately doing. So sounds like a very complicated process. You know, what type of analysis did this net for the particular client or would it actually net for, you know, clients in general, right? And, and why is it so important to, to measure both the qualitative and quantitative value of the, the program that you have in place? Yeah. So, so, you know, with, with, with um, one particular client, we, you know, we had a discussion with the executive leadership team. And one of the takeaways that we came away from that, that meeting was how the ELT evaluated the PR program, which, you know, when we reflected on that conversation, uh, it reminded us that it's not just the, you know, director marketing or the VP marketing or the, the marketing department in general uh, that's evaluating the performance of the program. It's also the, you know, the executive leadership team. And the reason being is, is that they want to understand, you know, that, that their uh, dollars that they're investing in the PR program is translating into some type of a value to the to the marketing program and to the business overall. And so with that said, they wanted us to come to them with a, you know, very tailored rubric uh, or, or measuring framework that could give them a better sense as to the value the PR program was producing. And so uh, from that standpoint, what we needed to do was try to make it as objective as possible. And so that's the reason why we created uh, essentially a scoring system that, that sort of helps substantiate where each article you know, performed in the, in the several criteria that we were using to uh, measure the, the performance of, uh, of each article out of all the articles that we secured, let's say on a quarterly basis. And, once we, you know, generated the um, the totality of those numbers and came up with that cumulative score, it was then put against the backdrop of where that score was in relation to a well-performing program, a satisfactory program, and an underperforming program. So the the executive leadership team and the marketing team could easily 
look at the rubric number, look at then the scoring system from a sort of ABC level, and then make a determination very easily, is the program doing you know well? Is it doing okay or is it not performing well? And, and that I think has really helped catapult uh, this particular client's program because it, it helps us as both an agency and also, you know, um, as an account team, you know, better perform because we know what the client wants in terms of, you know, results. And so it's not, you know, sometimes there's a discrepancy between what the, the, uh, the account team or the agency wants to achieve from a results standpoint or what they feel is an A plus, and then what the executive leadership team and the marketing team on the client side feels is A plus. So by having that rubric in place, we're all on the same page in terms of what is considered A plus. And so, you know, uh, we just wrapped up 2022. And, and as you know, we were about, I think, less than 30 points off of being at a perfect score. So it really says something about, you know, how a rubric can create a very effective and efficient program. And just to add to that, you know, the feedback that we've gotten from the client, both from the marketing team and the ELT about the program performing uh, exceptionally well. Yep, I, I, I totally hear you. And it sounds amazing. And I think in this particular case, you know, there was also a layer of throwing in some marketing metrics as well on whether or not it qualified for a, an MQL, right? A marketing qualified lead, in which case, because of the type of program we were doing and because of the level of sophistication, we could actually net out and see an actual remarkable difference as to not just the market share, the mind share, as well as whether or not the program was performing, but also see where and how, um, you know, the company was getting actual leads. So, um, you know, kind of an interesting case study, but also one that we've been able to replicate with other clients. So um, thanks for sharing that. Um, it's definitely very, very detailed. So, as more and more companies are trying to figure out whether or not to make the investment in public relations or even um, you know, larger communications or content programs, what type of counsel would you give some of the companies, especially making those decisions? Yeah, I, I'd approach it from a couple of different angles. So in terms of you know, whether it makes sense to invest in PR or not, you know, I think there's um, two ways to, to answer that question. One, it, you know, if your company operates in a crowded market space and you want to be better known, you know, you should consider investing in PR because it'll give your marketing efforts, you know, the extra boost it needs to drive mindshare market share. You know, you already have, you know, most likely a very mature, well-orchestrated marketing program in place, but maybe not so much on the PR from a PR standpoint. And so PR is going to provide that sort of extra you know, zest that maybe the marketing program doesn't have yet that's going to get you over the hump um, to to either achieve or outperform, um, you know, your business and marketing KPIs. And then likewise, if you're a pioneer, you're a trendsetter, you know, operating in a relatively new market space, you know, PR is going to provide the means to build brand equity 
and also product awareness by saturating your target audiences with you know, everything from media coverage to social media to company announcements and the, the list goes on. And then, you know, regardless, you know, whether you're, you know, a mature company or you are a newcomer operating in a new market space, uh, you want to make sure that you have a marketing plan in place as well as an effective tool to measure the performance of PR, both from a qualitative and from a quantitative standpoint to ensure a successful uh, PR program. Got it. And then, um, David, last question, especially as corporations are, are really thinking about how to look at their marketing spend on whether or not to invest in communications programs or other types of, of programs, you know, when should you consider a communications program versus, say, like a demand gen program or an SEO program? Is it like you said, when they're just looking to expand out and gain mindshare? Or can a communications program actually help with lead creation like I kind of talked about? Or or could it help with other types of sales-related activities? Yeah, it's a it's an excellent question. You know, from a you know a timing standpoint, um, there isn't necessarily like you know a perfect uh, time to you know, initiate a program, but I think certainly, you know, using an overall communications program is going to benefit an SEO program, you know, a brand identity program, whatever the program being, having an overarching sort of communications program in place is going to be beneficial for other types of initiatives that you're trying to, you know, achieve from a marketing standpoint. And going back from a, you know, from a timing uh, element, you know, certainly, you know, the beginning of the year um, can be best because you're aligned with a, you know, fresh marketing plan that you're operating from. But, you know, I've worked with, you know, well over 100 different, you know, B2B and B2C brands over my career. And, you know, clients uh, kickstart communication programs, you know, for a myriad of reasons, whether, you know, it's because they got funding or that they switched PR agencies or they're kickstarting you know, a new marketing initiative. So again, there isn't any type of uh, rhyme or reason when necessarily a communications program could be kickstarted. But certainly, you know, if you had to zero in on one, it would be, you know, Q1 of uh, uh, you know of the year. Awesome. Well, this is such great insight, David. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me today on For the Record. You're welcome. And thank you listeners for joining us on For the Record. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so that you can get the latest updates. 